Welcome to Life Point Plus, a program dealing with marriages and family. We are so glad you're listening. Here's your host, pastor and teacher, Gary Moore. Welcome to Life Point Plus. I'm your host, Gary Moore. When we closed last week's broadcast, we were in the process of discussing how different men and women are and how they process life differently. You know, there's an inherent completeness when a man and woman marry. Our partner makes up for what we lack. When we are discouraged, they are hopeful. When we are stingy, they are generous. When we are weak, they are strong. Because we are male and female joined together, there is wholeness. But our differences, if not understood and accepted, become a source of confusion and contention rather than completeness. Too often in marriage, the fundamental differences between men and women are overlooked when we mistakenly assume that our partners are just like us. What is good for me is good for you. We evaluate their behavior according to our feminine or masculine standards, never considering the vast differences between the sexes. For many years, gender differences were not clearly defined. But we now recognize more precisely than ever before the gap between men and women. And to ignore this gap is to risk putting your marriage on the brink of disaster. Your spouse, by virtue of being the opposite sex, thinks, feels, and behaves differently than you do no matter what popular culture says. Popular culture would have us believe that we're really the same, just dressed up in different bodies. Mutual understanding in this area is critical for the health of your marriage. The feminist revolution of the 1970s made talk of inborn differences in the behavior of men and women not only unfashionable, but taboo. Once sexism was abolished, so the argument ran, the world would become a perfectly equitable, androgynous place, aside from a few anatomical details. They said that male-female differences were not inborn, but simply learned, and could thus be unlearned. But rather than disappear, the evidence for innate gender differences began to mount. Scientists, for example, uncovered neurological differences between the sexes, both in the brain's structure and in its functioning. This forced every objective thinker to conclude that nature is at least as important as nurture after all. Even Betty Friedan, catalyst for much of the feminist movement, had to say, The time has come to acknowledge that women are different from men. There has to be a quality that takes into account that women are the ones who have the babies. This is exactly what the creation story tells us. Men and women are different, but equal in value. While science has shown that men and women are in fact wired differently, that gender differences have as much to do with the biology of the brain as with the way we were raised. We have difficulty accepting, let alone appreciating, our differences. And without mutual understanding in this area, a great deal of trouble in marriages begins right here. That's why one of the things I stress in the mutual understanding method is an understanding of male-female differences. Without this mutual understanding in this area, you will not recognize that some of the problems you are experiencing in your relationship 
are simply male-female differences, and they will always be there. Take a group of women and men and divide them so that the men are all in one group and the women in another. Then ask them, What do men need to know about women? And what do women need to know about men? The responses will be predictable. The men will say, Women are too emotional. Women don't feel as much pressure to provide the family's income. Women frequently deny their real power. Women talk too much. And the women will say, Men aren't sensitive enough. Men don't do their fair share of the housework. Men are afraid to be vulnerable or out of control. Men don't listen. Such an exercise is not to gripe about the opposite sex, but to help couples see, first of all, that there are predictable differences between the sexes, and second, to realize that the differences they thought were personal, strictly between them and their spouse, are often shared by most other couples. Making marriage work, however, does not depend solely on recognizing our differences. It's a matter of appreciating those differences, too. Many times, couples will identify their differences and then try to eliminate them. But gender differences are not eased by creating or trying to create symmetry by having men and women thinking, feeling, and doing everything alike. The fact is that men and women are different. And couples who openly acknowledge their differences and appreciate them improve their chances of avoiding strife. Plus, they increase their level of intimacy by delighting in those differences. The key, of course, is a mutual understanding of what those differences are. Without that mutual understanding, you'll make assumptions and assign motive as to why your spouse is acting or reacting the way they are. And when we make assumptions and assign motive, we always do it in a way to protect our own position. However, there are always exceptions to the rule. As you begin to learn about the differences between men and women and apply them to your own relationship and personalities, you may find that in some areas you may be switched from the typical man and typical woman. And that's perfectly normal. Having said that, Men typically focus on achievement and women on relationships. Now, I know this sounds simplistic, and it probably is. But remembering this general rule can save you wear and tear on your marriage and strengthen your bond. Since we're using Drs. Les and Leslie Parrott as our current guides, let me include here, in their words, their own experience in beginning to discover the basic differences between men and women. We'll start with Leslie's perspective. During our fourth or fifth month of marriage, I remember wondering why Les wasn't as romantic as he used to be. Before we got married, he planned exciting evenings, kissed me at red lights, saved ticket stubs from our dates, bought me flowers, and even wrote tender love poems. But after we got married, his romantic side waned. It wasn't that he stopped his romantic ways altogether, but something was distinctively different. Why, I wondered to myself. Was I doing something wrong? Was he having doubts about our marriage? 
Not until I discovered the fundamental difference between men and women could I accurately answer these questions. Les, like the majority of men, is pragmatic. He focuses on a future goal and needs to believe in the practical value of that goal. He justifies a present activity by what it will accomplish in the future. He asks, what good can this produce? He likes words like progress and useful. He can be very patient doing romantic little things so long as they ultimately prove productive. I, on the other hand, am like the majority of women. I focus on feelings and activities of the present for their own sake. I don't need a goal. It is enough to simply enjoy the moment. I ask, what is going on and how can I know and feel it? I don't need to be productive or see the utility of something. In fact, achievement seems deadly cold and distracting. I like words like connected and relational. I can be very patient doing romantic little things simply because the doing has its own value. Well, now let's look at Les's perspective, which, of course, is different. Before our wedding, Leslie was happy-go-lucky and eager to please. She felt good about our relationship and optimistic about the future. But soon after we married, Leslie began to change, or so it seemed to me. She became overly concerned about our relationship and talked about ways to improve it. If I didn't join in, she'd feel hurt and rejected. Why has she so suddenly become emotional? Why does she cry so easily now? Before we got married, she never seemed so impractical. Now, at times, she seemed irrational to me. How could flowers be so important when we can hardly make ends meet, I'd wonder? Her desire to talk about our relationship made me feel like I was a failure as a husband. Doesn't she appreciate all I do for her? I, like most men, didn't feel the need to have lengthy discussions about our relationship. I was contented to know that Leslie loved me, I loved her, and that we were on our way to a happy life together. What's to discuss? Getting all worked up over this or that detail was a waste of energy from my perspective. Before we move on with Les and Leslie's story of discovery, let me interject something. Men and women think about our marriage relationship differently. Ladies, we men look at our marriage relationship the way most of you look at cars. We don't want to work on it. We just want it to work. Therefore, when you bring up working on our relationship, this brings up big red flags to us. Now, back to Les and Leslie's story. Leslie goes on to say, Recognizing how fundamentally different men and women are allowed me to see that Les courted me to get married. It's that simple. Once we married, his purpose of courtship was accomplished, and he was ready to move on to other productive activities. It turned out that his sweet nothings were not nothings after all, but whisperings calculated to persuade me to the altar. Now that sounds deceptive, but it's not. In fact, Les presumed that I was just like him and that we would both continue romancing each other only so long as it had a practical consequence. 
After that, he expected us to move on to the real business of living. Lusk continued, I eventually realized that neither of us really changed after marriage, but our circumstances did. Well, our time is gone for today. As I close, I want to encourage you to attend one of the many Bible-believing and teaching churches here in the Treasure Valley. If you don't have a home church, we'd love to have you visit us. Our services at Cloverdale Church of God are at 9.30 and 11 a.m. And we're located at 3755 South Cloverdale Road. That's between Victory and Amity. Have a great weekend. God bless. Thank you for listening today. This program is brought to you by Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like to reach Pastor Gary, please email him at pastorgary at cloverdalechurch.org. To know more about the church, go to our website at www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thanks for listening and be blessed.